Hey everybody, welcome back to Megan's Old Office. My name is J.D. Gorlatt. I'm the senior pastor at Dundee Presbyterian Church here in Omaha. Lovely Omaha idyllic, Omaha, Nebraska. I'm joined once again by my good friend Keith Holmes, who is the director of mission and small group activities here. How are you, Keith? I'm basking in the glow that is Omaha. That is Omaha. <laughs> Evidently more. We I, love Omaha, by we the do. way. Don't, don't be mad at I'm us if we tease be, Omaha. Well, we we tease, love Omaha. We, we kid because we care. Right. Keith, do you believe in aliens? Let's get in. Let's talk let's, about aliens. Let's talk about aliens, Let's shall talk we? about aliens today. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, we are in the book of Romans. Uh, you know that because you were with us last week. Last week was our first study uh, of the book of Romans. We covered the first 17 verses rather well, I must say. I thought we had a great time. If I can rate that, I would give it uh, four stars on Yelp. Or is it oh, five stars? Yeah, five yeah, stars. Yeah. I don't uh, Anyway, we're, we're going to cover uh, the last half of, of chapter one, and maybe we'll get into chapter two. We don't know. We have a plan, but we don't know that we'll follow it. Um, how well, would we you talked d- about that last week, dude. We talked about, yeah, I had a plan. I was going to be in L.A. right now, being right. a multi-billionaire, right. famous, you know. But I wound up, actor. I could have been an actor, but I wound up here uh, to quote, um, who was that? That was uh, Don Henley. Uh, I could have been an actor, but I wound up here, and I'm doing the Book of Romans with Keith uh, in the basement of the church. Hey, that's the best place to Isn't be. Isn't that awesome? Uh, it is the best place to be because we're talking about Jesus Christ. That was very much our point last week was that when, you know, the, the righteousness of God is revealed, in, in, the best of God is revealed in Jesus Christ. And so talking about Jesus Christ must be the greatest thing that we can do. Absolutely. You know? uh, I, and I say that all the time. Yep, you know? I agree. Um, if if he is who we think and say he is, why aren't we? What couldn't be? What could possibly be more important than listening to Megan's old office as we talk about Jesus Christ? Well, that's very true. And, and going to church and worshiping God and, and carrying carrying your cross and doing all the things that He tells us to do, reading your Bible. I, why wouldn't we be doing these things? Right. What could possibly be more important than, than if this is true? And we, of course, believe it is. Then mm-hmm. there couldn't be anything more important. I honestly think that we have the most important job in the world, Keith. Uh, right. I really do. Uh, not because of anything. Thing of me, but because of Jesus Christ. Right. Uh, I tease this, do you believe in aliens? Because the opening question that I have for you today, Keith, yes. and for all of you listening, is how would you describe human beings to an alien? And let me say that I don't believe in aliens, and we're not here to talk about the existence of aliens, and please do not contact the church yes. about your experience of alien abduction. I simply mean to ask this question as if... Uh, to say, how would you describe human beings to someone who had no experience, like an alien who had no experience of human beings, to an outside source, kind of like if you were in Germany and you were talking to somebody from Germany, how would you describe America to someone who had never been to America and was inquisitive about what it meant to be an American? Same thing here. How would you describe the human race, Keith, to someone who didn't have any familiarity with it at all? Uh, how How would you describe them? Um, boy, now you're getting into my into my view of what a human is, what That's, human well, that humanity was the point. is. Oh, and you and I fight about this all the time. I think I think I would describe them mostly as a, a messed up bunch of um, beings, right? Um, that try to do good but can't. Mm-hmm. They never they they never quite make it, right? To being good all the time, because we all have moments when we're good, mm-hmm. but we have more moments if you really counted all your moments, or you even possibly could, right? Of bad, and when I mean 
moments, I mean, what did you think about the guy that just cut you off while you're driving? <laughs> that's what I'm, that's a at moment. Le- at, at least that. Right? Yes, yes. I mean, that's a moment in our lives. So what do we, you know, what are we? We're, we're, we're mostly just people that are beings that are, are worried about themselves, think, looking out for number one, even if we try not to admit it, with moments of bright, goodness right. and then it fades just as quickly as it comes i think and and so to disagree with anne frank is not a good idea i mean she's just beloved you know the diary mm-hmm. of anne frank right, it, right. and if you know the diary of anne frank um you know the, anne frank was a, a teenager who was killed in the holocaust right hidden in, uh, in uh, for a long period of time Years, kept right. a kept a diary before she was captured and and uh she died in a concentration camp, and in her diary that they found uh, and turned into a book and a play and all this sort of thing, right. uh, her last words were, "I still believe that people are basically good." That and 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 of course I'm disagreeing with that. I, I'm I, agreeing yeah. with you, and I'm disagreeing with Anne Frank. And I, I, you know, the case that the Bible makes, as we'll see today, is that that human beings. If I were to describe human beings to an alien, to get back to our our right. our opening question, if I were to describe human beings to a being that had no familiarity with human beings, I would uh, I would say, well, human beings are not basically good, uh, and even the best things that I do are still tainted with sin. Uh, even the best, most selfless things that I do have a certain ego. And therefore, and pride, and therefore, a certain sin attached to that. I am everything, even the best things that I do, are are, are sinful to a certain extent. The prophet, I believe it's Isaiah, it might be Jeremiah. Uh, he said, even our uh, God uh, through the prophet said, even our best deeds are nothing more than filthy rags. Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah. uh, I think God really appreciates our best intentions. Right. I think he, he, he appreciates that we intend to do good, but at, at, uh, uh, even then uh, we ultimately cave to doing, uh, you know, to serving our appetites. Right. And as you said, to looking out for number one and, yeah. and defeating our egos. Uh, and when we're feeding our egos, we're not feeding, we're not serving God. And I think we always do that to a certain extent. Now, it's having said that, <clears throat> you and I both saying that, I know that there are people listening to this podcast who hate what we're saying. I know when we construe human beings as being sinful and always being tinged and, and, and sullied and dirtied with, with sin, even our best intentions, that people just, it might, people don't want to hear that. They no. want to hear that what Anne Frank said that people are are still inherently good and that they, they're basic basically good, right. you, and which is remarkable after what she saw human right. beings doing. Right, that that's yeah. Uh, but uh, but they're not. And mm-hmm. and uh, as a Christian minister, as a as a as a Protestant minister, uh, I know there's a certain counterintuitivity uh, to to this there that uh when we want uh, when if we're going to have good theology we have to start with human beings being broken and being lost and being in need of being found and if we start with uh, it, it sounds counterintuitive is what i tried to say there right. uh, it sounds as if and it feels as if when we say that human beings are basically good, that that's a better place to start. It's not. It, 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 it is. Well, it, it makes it makes salvation. It makes the good news of Christ's sacrifice less. Exactly. If if we're okay 
Why did he need to die? Right. Why did he need to die the way he did? We'll talk about that, I'm sure, as we go through Romans more. But just, you know, you've got to start with the baseline that we're sinners. We are not we're not good people. I mean, you know, like I said, in my, you know, what I would describe as mostly rotten with the shining moments of good, you you mentioned, you know, how we do good deeds, but we can't sustain that of ourselves. Because eventually we get angry at people for not noticing what we're doing. We get angry at people for not saying, what a great job you did there, JD. If, If people aren't saying that to me, I don't want to do it anymore right. because I'm not getting the kudos. Now, when I do it for God, when I know that my audience is one, it's God, then if I can keep that in my mind, I can do amazing amounts of good yeah. because it's the Holy Spirit in me doing it, not me, not you know, my, not the spirit of Keith. And so for me, it's just one of those things where it's like it's, uh, good is unsustainable in and of ourselves. The book of Romans, along this line, is remarkably consistent. Paul, we talked last week about how Paul had found his identity in being a slave, a servant of of, of Christ. How, you know, turning the volume down on on himself opened himself up to how a, a completely new identity, uh, a humble identity in relationship with God. Uh, and this is very much what we're continuing to talk about here today: uh, is that when we have an inflated view of self and of humanity just as you said, then we're going to have a deflated, a lesser view of, of how great God is and how great yep. God's grace and, and mercy and love are for us. And this is very Amen. much the point of, of Romans, is that we need to have an honest, sober view of what human beings really are, of, of which I are one and you yes. are one, uh, to say it uh, grammatically poor, uh, poorly. So let's get into Romans chapter 1, shall we, Keith? Uh, what, what are you going to read to gonna... us, and what do you want us to be thinking about today, man? So just what's happening here? In this Paul passage. is writing, <laughs> Paul has just gotten done this whole introduction of himself and who he is and the wonderful power and prayer of thanksgiving, the power of the gospel, and now what's happening here? Okay. Okay? In, uh, and this is, this is going to be Romans 1, 18 to 32. All right. What's happening here? Okay. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all godliness and wickedness of those who by their wickedness suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them, because God has shown it to them. Ever since the creation of the world, His eternal power and divine nature, invisible though they are, have been understood and seen through the things He has made. So they are without excuse, for though they knew God, they did not honor Him as God or give thanks to Him, But they became futile in their thinking, and their senseless minds were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools, and they exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal humans, beings, or birds, or four-footed animals, or reptiles. Therefore, God gave them up in the lusts of their hearts to impurity, to the degrading of their bodies among themselves, because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshipped and served the creature instead of the Creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. For this reason God gave them up to degrading passions. Their women exchanged natural intercourse for unnatural. And in the same way also the men giving up natural intercourse with women were consumed with passions for one another. Men committed shameless acts with men and received in their own persons the due penalty for their error. 
And since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up and to a debased mind and to things that should not be done. They were filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, covetousness, malice, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, craftiness. They are gossips, slanderers, God-haters, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, rebellious toward parents, foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless. They know God's decree that those who practice such things deserve to die. Yet they not only do them, but even applaud others who practice them. Dude, I am depressed. You should be. I mean, what are you doing to me, man? Uh, well, what's going on here? Well, what's it, happening here? You know, it, it's amazing, isn't it? Uh, so he's he's talking about the condition of human beings, and he's saying, it, it, what I hear him saying is that all human beings have a sense of God. Uh, he, uh, one thing that he established. So I'm right. going to volley it back to you about what yeah. stands out to you, but I'm going first, so I'm going to take the easy right, part. Right. Oh, there we the go. You get the easy one. But, but he... The first thing that that jumps out from your reading is, is that he makes the case that God, the existence of God, the the qualities of God, God's power, God's majesty, they're undeniable. They're obvious for everybody to see. He references creation, uh, and he does it throughout, where they have no excuse. They, right. they because the the existence of God, the the his power, everything, these things are are seen in creation. Uh, and they, God is known by these things. God is seen by these things. And yet in reaction, then he says, human beings. And he used the word they a lot. And mm-hmm. we have to be careful. I'm going to get into that in a minute in, in subsequent questions. But he's really talking about all of us, uh, that, that we, every single human being has the ability to at least see clearly that there is a God and that this God this crea- is creator and this creator is fantastic in every way. And yet we react to that majesty in, in, in just such idiotic, degrading ways that, right. that leave, us, leave us dead. That, that's something that is happening in this passage. Right. What else do, do you see? Or do you want to comment on that? Well, no, I think, I think you, you kind of nailed it on the, on the head there with the whole idea that he just, he shows himself to us. You know, I always, I always say, as I understand it, most woodland creatures are colorblind, so why would God create the beauty of fall for us? And it is for humans who can see color, who can... He, there, I, there's that to me is like the perfect for me. It's just for me. One of the best examples of God is a fall day mm. because of that patchwork of color on the side of the hill, of all the colors in the trees, and just you're sitting there and you're like, I, how can this not be? I mean, other they should just turn brown and die. There's no reason for a tree to do this <laughs> right. except to make it a joy. Yes, how it happens is easy. The sugars, blah blah blah, right? You know, the science, the of science it. is easy right. to understand, and we do. But the beauty of it is straight up God. There's a purpose. There's a plan. There's a you know, again, just so many folks who just don't want. God to be real, come up with so many things. And and it's interesting that this was written thousands of years before Darwin was born, a couple mm. well, a couple thousand anyway. Um, and 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 you know, everybody points at Darwin as oh, he just ruined Christianity. No, we've been doing that before yeah. <laughs> long before him. Right. I mean exactly you know, and, and so just how how we have struggled as humans 
to with the acceptance of God. Now, the question is, is what's going what, on here. Uh, so the question is, what is happening here? I want to uh, take it from. Uh, there's a couple perspectives here. What is going on? What is happening here? That uh, from the human perspective, from the human perspective, people are not reacting in in the way that they should. Think right. about from the God perspective. I'm going to read uh, reread what you read here, mm-hmm. uh, verses 18, 19, and 20. For the wrath of God, what is ha- what is happening here? The wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and wickedness of those who by their wickedness suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them ever since the creation of the world. His eternal power and divine nature, invisible though they are, have been understood. That's an interesting line there. They're, mm. they're invisible, but they've been understood. And seen, they've been, they're invisible, but they've been seen. The, the invisible though they are, the eternal power and divine nature, they're invisible, but they've been understood and they've been seen uh, through the things that God has made. So human beings are without excuse, Paul says. Right. Uh, so what's building up here, so, so we see it, it, from, from this that human beings are reacting, as we've already said, in the completely wrong way to what, it, what, what God has so obviously created us to occupy. You talk about the beauty of a fall day. That was right. wonderful. Uh, this is a, it doesn't have to be this way. God gives it to us as a gift for us just to simply enjoy. Here's another mm-hmm. a, a demonstration uh, of, of how great God is, how creative right. God is. God could have done it in a way that nobody would even celebrate at all, and, right. yet, we, and yet we do. People who don't believe in God at all celebrate the, the, the fall colors uh, mm-hmm. without any acknowledgement that there was a creator, an artist who made it. But you, right. Uh, uh, but you, you do uh, celebrate that. But from the other side of it, he says, the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness. Doesn't that make sense? Let me pose this to you. Let me volley this back to you. Uh, doesn't it make sense that the one who created that fall day in Zion National Park and, and, uh, and all the great ex- the stars in the sky, doesn't it make sense that this, this great creator, this fantastic artist, would want to be celebrated, and that when he wasn't celebrated, wasn't when he wasn't even noticed, uh, that, that he would be hurt by that. Doesn't that make sense? If you were God, and you, and which is incomprehensible to me, that I would be God and be able to make the stars in the sky and to make uh, the the petals of a rose. And, and, and when I take the petals of a rose, same thing for you with a fall day. I, I I take the petals of a rose and I'm like, oh my. Look at how great God is. Doesn't that, doesn't it make sense that the one who makes such things would want would want to be celebrated right. and appreciated? Absolutely. Does that not make sense? Oh, absolutely. Oh, to me, a hundred percent. Because as an actor, what's the one thing that I do the day after opening day or after the press is there? You go buy a newspaper because you want to read what they think of you, and you know you, that if you, you nailed it and they didn't. If they exactly, and that's where I'm going with this. It's like I just put this great performance on, and I open the newspaper, and the critic is like, "Well, he was okay." (laughs) Or in your reaction is what you know, it hurts. I mean, I'm angry. You know, friends come alongside. Hey, don't listen to him. He doesn't know what he's talking about. She doesn't know what she's writing about. You know, and they're trying to make you feel better, but God doesn't have that. I mean, there's no angels that they go, "Oh, God, don't." Don't listen to him. He doesn't know what he's talking about. God just sits there and is, and he's just like, I've got to condemn you now. You right. you know, I it, you the wrath of God is evident. And you know, some people might say to themselves, and I, it, it, well, God, if God is God, why can't God just get over that? Why why cannot God just why, yeah. why is God so tied to how I react? 
to these fantastic things. Um, I like the fact I would I advocate, and I think Paul is advocating here also for the fact that 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 it makes sense and that it's good that God is hurt by the by these things. There, there is the the petals of a rose. There is there is a fall uh, leaves and the colors. There is uh, Zion National Park, Grand Canyon, uh, Niagara Falls, all these kinds of things that are and many more mm-hmm. that God God has made. You are one of those things. You are you are the most spectacular of all those things. Right. Uh, the Bible makes that clear in Romans in in Genesis chapter one. You and I are the height of creation, of God's creation. All of these spectacular things, and, and, and we are the last thing made, mean, meaning we are the, the, the pride and joy of the our, our artist that, that is God. Yeah. For us not to appreciate those things and not to be in awe of those things and not to be, a pro, to be in awe of the fact that we're a product of those things, it completely makes sense that the one who did all this would be hurt by us by our lack of celebration of those right. things. Amen. Wouldn't we, it? Well, of course it would. And you would. might say to yourself, well, God's God, so he shouldn't be so petty. Is he being petty or no. is he being completely righteous in that in that? Oh, okay, in well, that hurt? first off, I can't believe God can be petty. I, right. That just is beyond my exactly. belief system. And so, no, he's not being petty. He's being hurt. And, and, and it's proof that we are made in his image to me. That's really when I, you know, what we get to is because... If, if we can be hurt, know that God can be hurt. Right. And he, we see that in these in these passages and in other places. He's hurt right. because we do things right. that hurt him. Right. And, and, but he's God. Right. He's going to be judge. He gets to do that part. Right. It, it's, it doesn't sound good when, when a human being judges another, and we'll talk about that, but it, there's just God gets to. And he gets to judge because he's God. He's the creator. I often ask the kids, imagine building a Lego set. It comes to life and then completely ignores your existence mm-hmm. yeah, and denies right. you made it. Right. Doesn't care. Doesn't... <laughs> I mean, it's just what we are. One of my favorite comedians said, it's why God made teenagers. Right. It's to show us what it's like to create something and then have it have it deny your existence. It's a fantastic it's, exa- example that you give. That, that, okay, you you make from the Lego. And right. then it, but right. the Lego set does not have the ability to, to acknowledge your existence. Right. It well, that's exactly you. it. And, yeah. you, and it's a great example. You and I have the ability. We have, we're we're the like we you don't said, the, do it. We're the pinnacle of creation, guys. And I don't mean and and maybe JD meant just me and him, but I don't mean just JD and me. I mean all of us. You listener, right. the person in the car next to you, or the person in the car in front of you that just cut you off. They're the height of creation. People cutting you off in traffic is a it's, big it's, thing. Do you we, think I, I, it's I, an issue? I, come, I you know I realize that. that too. We've, if you've listened to Megan's old office, it's come back to that. I you get have, really have, miffed you when to people go talk to somebody about that. I right? might have to. All right. right, so then look at cha- look at <laughs> we're in look at verse uh, chapter one verse um, twenty six. It says, "For this reason that we've already discussed, discussed for this reason God gave them up to degrading passions." Uh, and he goes through all of this. It's sensible that God let. It, 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 I'm going to make the case that it is sensible that God let human beings get lost. But why he, is it so? Then why is it sensible? Well, I mean, they've chosen to not acknowledge their Creator. They're, they've chosen not they, being you, me, and every human. Right. I'm not talking about somebody other than me. I'm talking about right. me too. Right. Uh, they've we have chosen 
to not acknowledge our creator, to not honor our creator, to not live in humility in relation to the one who has created us. And God has seen this. This is God has been hurt by this. And so God says, you know, I'm going to let you go with that. Uh, It's very much, it harkens to me about Luke chapter 15 and the story of the prodigal son, where the the youngest son, the prodigal, prodigal meaning wasteful, by the way, comes to the father who is God and says, give me my share of the inheritance. And then he leaves early the next day, as quickly as he can. He gets his stuff together and he leaves and he runs off and he wastes the inheritance in wild living. And the father doesn't stop him. Jesus tells that story, and he doesn't put the the, the line in there, oh, the father uh, begged him to stay or tried to convince him to stay. Because the father doesn't try to, okay, this is what you are bound and determined to be. I'm going to let you go off and be the disaster that you are. Because the only way that you are going to find out that, that, that your mentality is a disaster is for me to let you go and live that up. You know, uh, right. you want, uh, uh, you think you want chocolate? Well, then I'm going to stuff the chocolate into your, you know, right. in, 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 I'm going to stuff it into your mouth until till you can't stand anymore. Right. This you see in the book of Exodus. I'm going to feed you until it's coming, I'm going to feed you quail until it's coming out of your nose, God says. Right. And, and then at some point you're going to be like, Holy cow, this attitude of mine, is, at that point, you're going to be ready for repentance. You're going to be ready to come back and, and, and appreciate who God is. I don't think God wants to give us up to degrading passions and give us up to that rebellion, but there's just no other way. We are so blind and so determined. Right. You know what I'm saying? Again, as a parent, you see it. It's like, don't do that. Don't touch that stove. It's hot. Right. I know. Right. I've touched the I've touched a hot stove and know what's going to happen, but that kid will go and touch that stove or right. that radiator. Right. You know, I mean, you could tell someone, "Hey, don't touch the radiator; it's hot." Right. And they'll walk right up to it and they'll go, "I got to try and find out." And the question is, do you do you at what point do you let them go and do this so that they can find out, you know, you know how bad this is? I, I would use the 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 whole thing of alcoholism or drug addiction whatever, where mm-hmm. if you're a parent or a friend and you have somebody, and maybe some of our listeners have somebody like that who is who is just completely dedicated to that life, right. uh, you know, when do you get to the point where the most loving thing you can do is say, okay, I'm Keith, I'm going to, and you're not an addict, but right. I'm going to let you go and exhaust that because... I, me trying to stop you from that is not working. Right. You know, and, and this is very yeah. much what God, how God is with us. Right. You know. Well, I mean, I've been a part of a father trying to to get his kid into rehab to the point that we handcuffed the kid. I was working security, and the kid got. We had to handcuff the kid, put him in his father's car, and you know, took him to a rehab center. Right. I mean, but it, it took that. Right. You know, and even that I don't think worked. I never found I out, but I mean, I was probably and didn't. Maybe, yeah, yeah. And it doesn't work it, if the kid right. doesn't. It, exactly, because it's ultimately, you know, your repentance. You you have to decide, just as the prodigal did, wait a minute, what am I doing? I have taken this God-shaped hole, filled it with everything else, and now I'm miserable. I got to come back to God. I got to come back to the Father. Right. And And the problem is, is a lot of people are being told there's no God. Right. And therefore, there's no God-shaped hole. So they just keep pouring into that space 
whatever the world can offer them. Now, there's a wrong way to read this. Oh, yeah. Now, and I reference the fact that, that Paul uses the word they a lot here. Mm-hmm. And so the wrong way to read this is to think, oh, that's they. That's somebody else. It's right. It's me and not me. Right. Uh, and what Paul is, is, is saying, and we want to be clear, is that Paul is not talking about somebody who voted differently than you did. Right. Uh, or cut you off in traffic. <laughs> <laughs> Yep, the guy who cuts off Keith is the guy that is being talked about in Romans chapter 1. No, No. the wrong way to read this is to not include ourselves in this. Amen. When it says that in in through generations, people have come to verse 26 in what follows in verse 26 and say, oh, well, you know, the people who Paul is talking about and the people who are rejected by God. Well, there are all these people that, and I'm not a gossip. I'm not, and and it does mention homosexuality here, but it also mentions, there's enough to include everybody here. Yeah, there's nothing. Uh, Gossips, uh, those who envy. I've never envied anybody. People who are boastful, um, uh, rebellious toward parents. Uh, there's there's enough and, right. and more and more and, and more. And in the all inclusive, every kind of wickedness. Every yeah, kind of, exactly. And so uh, people throughout the generations, still to this day, they read this and they, they pick out one with a tweezer and say, "Oh, he's talking about this group right here that I that look, God hates the people that I hate." No, he's talking about every one. He's talking about humans throughout every generation. Right uh, and uh, uh, not just not not just some and and yeah. if you want to get me mad, please talk to me about the good old days. Uh. Oh, the good old days back when really the good old days. <laughs> you actually believe that there was a time when human beings were somehow better than they are now? Oh yes, we were so much better back then. Mm, the times were some. No, we're not. No, we're, no, we're not. No, that's we're not. not true. But and it's amazing you, how what, the extent to which people will lie to themselves. A, a, absolutely, and I want to get in because we're kind of running out of time. And I want to get back to you mentioned it in passing with the tweezer remark, and I think that's another way to poorly read this: is God hates people. God right. hates them. He doesn't. He doesn't hate people. He hates the sin. He hates this. And right. he has the wrath because he's pure, because he's holy. His wrath is coming. He he he. It's against his nature not to be. Right. And so he does he want to hate? No, he doesn't hate anybody. Right. But he has to, and and I it's not because I tell him he has to, but it is his nature as a holy being to to have wrath against sin. Right. And so don't read this like, oh, well, God hates homosexuals. God hates people that lie. God hates gossips. He doesn't hate those people. He hates what they're doing. He hates the sin and not the sinner. Is and, the and again, be careful with the word they. He hates what, what? we're doing, what? not just exactly. what they are doing. He hates, he hates what we're doing. Uh, he, you know, there's lots of heterosexual sin. Right. Uh, there's, I mean, come on. And oh my gosh. Lots of, we are all lost in this. And this is where human beings get in trouble. The greatest sin that we commit is to tell ourselves that we have no sin. Right. Uh, whatever group it is, whatever activity it is, we get into trouble. We get l- completely lost when we tell ourselves, this thing that I'm doing... Is not sin. Is not sin. I'm capable of living without sin. Okay, now you do not need someone to go to the cross, God to go to the cross and die for your sins. Because right. you can be righteousness on your, righteous on your own. Right. Okay, that is the lie, the great lie of the devil. Right, and, and he this loves is what, it when you buy into it. Paul is hitting that with a nuclear weapon, a right. theological nuclear weapon. He is saying, do not ever 
Right. Tell yourself that human beings can be without sin. Right. Sorry, Anne. Sorry. Yeah, exactly. Wish I could tell you that that that's, Frank, that right. they're yeah, exactly. Right. They're Wish I could tell you they're basically good, but no. right here it tells you right. no. Now, and, as we say that, you're going to be like, "Oh my gosh, that that's so terrible." It's no, it's good because as is is my brother Keith pointed out, when you start there with the the sinfulness, the truth, the truth, yep. sinful condition of human beings, then all of a sudden, the guy going to the cross makes total sense and thank god he did it becomes the glory yep with that we bid you adieu Ooh, french nicely done. did i say that right uh, yeah yeah uh, which means to god by the way oh we, that, that means about, we, we bid you to god till the next time i see you i right. give you into god's hands next week i speak portuguese <laughs> how about that join us next week for episode three in the book of romans we will uh see you then Thank you so much for joining us this week on Megan's Old Office. Brought to you by Dundee Presbyterian Church. Please like, subscribe, and share so you and your friends can keep up with us every time we post. You can learn more about us and our church at dpcomaha.org. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com backslash dpcomaha. We're on Instagram at Megan's Old Office. You can contact us through email at Megan's Old Office at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening today. We truly appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. Bye bye.